0: My name is Jeremy Devins and this is the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. Today's episode is essential cues for 13 of the most common poses even if you can't see your students and how to approach teaching online in this new world that a lot of us are in as teachers of teaching the students that you can't see. So we'll get all into that today, and you can get the free PDF guide for this episode at QuietMind.Yoga/Cues. C-U-E-S. QuietMind.Yoga/Cues. It's a free six-page PDF which is going to cover a lot of things I'm not going to talk about today, because I really encourage you to get that download and follow along with it yourself, and try these cues on. If I just say them here on the podcast, it's kind of awkward and weird. It's really best if you read them and then practice them yourself and then find the ones that work for you. So I go through all the most common poses, well at least 13 of the most common poses that you're likely to include in most classes. And again, it's cues I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through this episode today. And I want to just get right into it. So, um, interrupting my series on the 8 limbs of yoga because this is a question that so many people have been bringing up recently and uh, Maria who's listening in the UK thank you for listening and reaching out with this question and two of my students in my teacher training Sachi and Ali brought this up uh thank you for listening as always and uh I'm grateful you're in the training of course uh, but then I've talked to other teachers who are bringing this up of what do you do when you can't see your students and you're teaching on Zoom or online And you just see black screens, and you're just kind of doing your thing, and you don't know if anyone's even really doing the practice. You you can't see anything, you don't hear anything or see anything. So it can be a little awkward and kind of uh, shake your confidence. So, how do you approach that? Well, I'm going to share three approaches that I find helpful one is a physical adjustment you can make, one is a mindset shift that you can make, and the other is a teaching skill that you can practice to make sure your students are safe. So, first of all, is how do you approach this? Do you tell your students they need to be on camera? Of course, my whole approach is very individualized and teaching to the students. So, I say, if you want to be on camera, you can, and I'll give you feedback and adjustments. But for any reason, if you don't want to be on camera, that's totally fine, too. So, that's that's where I start. And then, make sure that everybody's on mute, because this is from trial and error learning that... Uh, If you have just one person making noise it can kind of compete and drown out your voice to the other students. So everybody's on mute and if people want to be on video they can and you can see them and if you're using Zoom uh, I recommend having the the window where you can see uh, like the tiles of each person. So everybody who's on video will show up on those first few tiles and you can watch them while you see yourself. And ideally if there's a If there's a few students who are on video, uh, at least a few, I think, out of the group, then you can just kind of step aside and teach to those students as if you would in a class. And this is something I encourage all all teachers in general to be able to teach well without practicing yourself. But if you're a newer teacher, you're probably gonna wanna practice yourself anyway. So that can be a helpful way. And that's the physical adjustment that I encourage you to approach this with. Uh, if you can't see your students, if you're teaching on uh, Zoom or online, to just do the practice yourself. Because if you can't see anybody else, then just do it yourself and you can feel in your body what it feels like and teach to that. And if you, uh, if you can see some students, then I encourage you to, to teach to them and not practice as much yourself. And if you're a newer student to a newer teacher to work on moving away from practicing the whole time. But if you're just on video and no one else is on video, then I think it's better to just do the practice yourself and and just have people have that visual to look at if they need to. But in general and always teaching in a way that people can follow, even with their eyes closed and if you want examples of that, check out the Quiet Mind Yoga podcast, which is the whole intention of that starting a couple of years ago was to teach in a way that anybody could practice without even looking at their screen or device and just have their eyes closed if they want and do their practice. So if you want examples of uh, what it's like to not see your students, right? That whole podcast is, uh, a lot of those are recordings of me teaching classes but I'm also mindful of imagining that I'm teaching to somebody who can't see anything. Uh, I've had blind students before and uh, practiced learning those skills by teaching to them, of knowing like, okay, well, if I say that, they're not going to follow along. So you want to eliminate things like move this arm or move that arm, unless you have already said, you know, which side you're on so in general you're going to want to aim to move your left arm lift your left leg and using the left and rights more often than not and uh, generally steer away from this or that arm or that side or you know so you're generally very specific of uh lift your left arm lift your left leg so left and rights are very clear the instruction and cues are very clear so like not just move your arm this way but open your arm up towards the ceiling right so everything is in relationship to where it is in on the body and in the in the space so you you don't want to just say this or that or here or there necessarily in general so again if you want examples of this quiet mind yoga podcast listen along do a class or two yourself if you haven't already And you can hear how I'm teaching in a way that is meant to reach people who can't see me. And it's very much the same as teaching to a black screen on Zoom, so same idea. And as you listen to that podcast, you'll hear several of the cues that I give in the free PDF guide, and you can see what that feels like for you and see if it resonates with you. The next thing is a mindset shift to make about how you're teaching. So this is another general thing that I recommend is to imagine, instead of teaching to 10, 20 black screens on your Zoom call, so imagine you're teaching to one student and teaching very clear and well to that one student. And if you have a, at least one student on video, you can do that with them. But if you don't, you just do that for yourself. Imagine you're teaching to yourself as you practice along. And that just simplifies things quite a bit because if you're thinking about the, the 15 students you can't see and you're like wondering what they're doing, that's gonna take you out of the present moment and out of the cues. And really it's more helpful to just focus on one student and make sure that they're following the cues because in most cases, if they're following, the other students probably are as well. So that's the mindset shift. Imagine you're teaching to just one student. And this is something I recommend, even if you're teaching to a room full of students in person and you can see everybody, that's a very helpful skill to just help you keep track of your sequence and your flow of everything. If you get lost or overwhelmed, especially as a newer teacher, just coming back to that one student you're focusing on teaching. And if you can, even better is that that student is right about the middle of experience of the class. So not the most advanced, flexible, strong student but also maybe not the most beginner brand new student but somewhere in the middle that you can generally teach most things to and most people can generally do well as well now what about all levels classes most yoga classes are mixed levels there are complete beginners and there are experienced teachers in classes so this is why i teach pose progressions this is how you make sure your students are safe each step of the way so rather than just coming into triangle and then we're all just gonna do it the same way, it's step by step and there's little progressions along the way or down dog is a good example. Instead of just coming right into down dog and we're just focusing on getting all of the cues perfect, it's progressions. You could start with your knees bent, you could straighten one leg at a time. If you're feeling really good there, maybe root down through all the knuckles of the fingers. Externally rotate the arms, turn your inner elbow creases forward and press down through your heels, All right? These are some examples of, from like that would be more full expression of down dog. But I started with the knees bent and, and I, I often add, if you're good here, then you can add this, right? Something like side plank is a good example. So imagine you're doing side plank on the right side. So you could say, come to hands and knees, keep your right knee down Bring your right hand a little forward from center for side plank with the right knee down. That's the first uh, variation of it. Almost everybody can do that. And then you add the next progression. If you're good here, straighten your right leg, stacking your feet into side plank pose. Now you're in the second progression. Then you could say, if you're good here, lift your left leg if you want a little more challenge. So now you're in the third progression. And then you could say if you, if you can see your students and they're doing really well and solid and strong there then you could add a fourth progression and if you're good here if you want to add more bring your left hand to grab your left big toe and extend your left leg up towards the ceiling so now you're in a fourth progression by far more advanced than where we started but we went step by step to get there so if anybody uh along the way felt like oh that's a little too much for me they just go back to that version that worked better for them and you start with the one almost everybody can do and you work your way up to the one that maybe just one or two students can do or a handful of students in a way that doesn't exclude anybody so you're making sure it's like okay if you want a little more here and that's a sort of phrasing that says uh, I don't want more today. You know, so somebody could hear that and think, you know, I'm good. I, I, I don't want a more challenging practice today. Or somebody could say, yeah, I want a more challenging practice today. I'm going to go for that version. And uh, it doesn't say like, you know, if you're tight today or if you can't do this or If you're more experienced or if you're more advanced, right? So, taking away those kind of terms that are exclusive or exclusionary, rather, and uh, using more inclusive language that just gives options because I'm a teacher. I can do some advanced things sometimes, and uh, sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes I just want to do a gentler, gentler, simple practice. So, as you're teaching, the pose progressions give you that inclusive language and those options for every student to be where they're at and add on if they want or stay right where they're at if they want. And that's kind of built into the cues that I give in the PDF guide as well. So those are the three approaches, the sort of shifts that I recommend uh, considering as you're teaching to students that you can't see is number one, the physical adjustment of practicing along. If you, If no screens are on, then you're the student. And then number two is the mindset shift of teaching to just one student, which could be you or a student that you can see on video, and just teaching really well to that student, making sure they're following, that you're not going too fast or too slow, and they're uh, responding to each cue that you give. And then third is teaching pose progressions to help avoid injuries and keep your students safe. So you're not just going into advanced variations. You wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend just jumping into that last fourth variation of side plank that I gave, or you're grabbing the foot. Just like somebody who's newer is gonna to try to jump right into that, and they might be able to pull it off, but they're likely to, to make some sort of sacrifice in their alignment, or something will be a little bit off. And with each of those progressions, you can give more detailed alignment than I did in those examples. So you can get into the pose, be more specific in your alignment, make sure that, okay, we're good here, then we add on. And if you had to sacrifice your alignment or your breath to get into that more advanced pose, just tone it back down and you're good. So those are the three uh, sort of approaches and shifts that I recommend uh, taking to teach students you can't see and if you have things that you like that you find helpful i'd love to hear and i might even share about them in the next episode if you have questions about anything i shared here uh, this is something i want to do more often actually just if you have feedback on this episode or questions or things you find helpful uh, i might share it on the next episode so send your messages to me at jeremy.quietmind on instagram and if you'd like me to do a special online course, this is something I'm thinking about doing, and I think there's a big need for it right now, to do uh, some sort of simple course, right? Nothing too crazy, uh, just enough to like, get you up and running on Zoom and make sure you feel really confident with Zoom and teaching that format and getting your camera set up, your lighting, recording your classes if you want to do that. So if these are things that you're interested in and you want visuals and a video walkthrough of how to do these things, uh, let me know at jeremy.quietmind on Instagram. And I'm thinking about making a course on this, uh, about teaching yoga on Zoom online. So if you're interested in that or have questions or feedback about that, let me know at jeremy.quietmind. And again, you can get this free PDF guide for this episode at Cues where I go through cues that I find helpful based on my 10 plus years of trial and error. And uh, these are the same ones you'll hear me use on the Quiet Mind Yoga podcast, but they're all written down for you. So you can try them on yourself. Uh, you can find the ones you like, discard the ones you don't like, and there's you know, take some notes on the back page to uh, the cues that you find helpful that you want to stick with uh, in your own words. So I go through child's pose, down dog, crescent lunge, forward fold, mountain pose, chair pose, tree, standing side bends, warrior two, triangle, chaturanga, locust, and pigeon. These are all some of the most common poses you're likely to include in most classes. And I give several cues for each of those, including the pose progressions. And, uh, you know, these are my words, so you can use them if you like them, if they resonate and discard them if they don't and then find your own way in your words and maybe make your own list like this so that's at quietmind.yoga slash cues and thank you for listening if you're enjoying this podcast leave a review in apple Podcasts. and if you want to see a video of that free pdf guide that's what will be at the quiet mind yoga membership quietmind.yoga membership which is, uh, these are coming out over the next couple of weeks, but I'm giving these free video lessons. Well, they're included in the membership. So for all the free guides that I've made over the last two years or so. Uh, so there will be a, a, a video guide for this free PDF guide. If you're more a visual learner or auditory uh, learner, that will be there for this guide as well. But if you just want the, the text and the printout, the PDF, that's at cues and the membership sites quietmindyoga membership where i do weekly uh mini workshops weekly classes on zoom and the next one is this coming sunday at 9 30 a.m all right so thank you for listening and uh look forward to sharing more next week about satya practicing truthfulness in your teaching in your practice and uh going for, further forward in this series on the eight limbs of yoga So talking about satya next week, truthfulness. All right. Thank you for listening and have a great week.